No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at two psalms from the sons of Korah that speak of the blessedness of dwelling in the Lord's house and pray for revival and restoration. We hope you'll join Pastor Daryl in Psalm 84 on Simply the Bible. A beatitude is a blessing, or more literally, a state of blessedness. This is a happy place to be, for one is under the favor of God. It is God's will that we all dwell there, comforted by His love and the joyful recipients of His good and perfect gifts. But we have a choice, either to dwell in this place of nearness to God or to go our own way. Psalm 84 gives three beatitudes for those who choose to dwell with the Lord. Psalm 84, to the chief musician on an instrument of Gath, a psalm of the sons of Korah. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Selah. So he begins by saying, How lovely is your dwelling place. The psalmist recognizes how beautiful that place is. I never cease to be amazed. When we come together to worship God, how Beautiful it is to dwell with his people in his presence. He said, my soul longs for your courts. He wanted to be there at all times. Do we long for that kind of nearness to God? My heart cries out for the living God. Others would pray to dead idols, but his heart cried out for the living God. He knew his need and only God could meet it. Now, he pictures himself as being as one of the birds who would dwell continuously in the temple courtyard. Here the sparrow found a home and the swallow built her nest, and he wanted to be there too. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Now, this is the first beatitude or blessing in this psalm. This state of blessedness is for those who dwell in the Lord's house. Now, the psalmist was a son of Korah, a Levite, who was probably thinking of those Levites and priests who served continually before the Lord. But in Christ, we have this privilege to dwell in the house of the Lord at all times. There's no longer the physical temple, but we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. And the way is open for us to approach the throne of grace whenever we want. We have been brought near to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And there is no greater joy than to abide continually in his presence, keeping ourselves in the love of God. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. 
Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. So now the second beatitude, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Now the Lord wants us to find our strength in him. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He will be strength to us for every trial if we trust in him with all our hearts. The psalmist speaks of the one whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Now, he's probably thinking of those who would make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Under the law, the males were to make this pilgrimage three times a year for the religious festivals of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. There was great anticipation and joy as they made the ascent to Jerusalem. But I think there is an application for us as well, for we are on a pilgrimage. We are strangers in this world. We're merely passing through to our destination in the heavenly Jerusalem. I believe that the more we understand this, the happier we will be. When the world is in a mess, we will know that this world is not our home. Now, he speaks of passing through the valley of Baca. The word Baca means weeping. Spiritual pilgrims pass through valleys of weeping. But thank God, these places are not final destinations. We pass through them and even manage to make them springs because our weeping lasts for but a moment. But joy comes in the morning. The valleys we go through bring us back up to mountain peaks. We go from summit to summit, from strength to strength. For our good shepherd knows how to lead us, and he knows what we need to strengthen us. He says each one appears before God in Zion. We will appear ultimately before God. According to Jude 24, the Lord will present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And finally, the psalmist calls out to the Lord of hosts to hear his prayer. That is to Jehovah of the armies of heaven. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. So he says, look upon the face of your anointed. That would most likely be a reference to Christ, the anointed one. And it is a blessing to everyone when the father looks with favor upon his anointed son. But there is also a blessing when the father looks upon us who have been anointed with his spirit and who have been accepted in the beloved Jesus Christ. He said, one day in your courts, is better than thousands elsewhere. Matt Redman has written a praise song based on this verse, and there's no place else on earth that compares to being in God's presence. I would rather be a doorkeeper in God's house than in the tent of the wicked. It would be better to be a humble doorkeeper in the temple than to be wealthy and honored in the tent of the wicked. And notice the contrast between God's permanent house 
and the temporary tent of the wicked. God's worst is better than the devil's best, and it lasts much longer. Now, he said the Lord is our sun and shield. He's a sun to us in the day to illuminate our way, and he is a shield to us to protect us in the evil day. The Lord gives grace and glory. That's manifested to you as you practice your gift. God gives you his grace to do it, and then he gives you his glory for having done it. No good thing will he withhold from his children because he is essentially good, and he always gives good gifts. And even when we are the recipients of pain and sorrow, we know that God's heart toward us is still good. He knows the plans he has for us, not to harm us, but to give us a future. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. Now that's the third and final beatitude and the theme of this psalm. Now, Psalm 85 seems to have been written after the Jewish captives returned from Babylonian exile. It is also by the sons of Korah. Lord, you have been favorable to your land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all their sin, Selah. You have taken away all your wrath. You have turned from the fierceness of your anger. Now, he's speaking here about all that God had done in restoring them and bringing them back to Jerusalem. But this really applies to everyone to whom the Lord has delivered from the bondage of sin in this world and forgiven our sins, our iniquity, and taken away his wrath that was upon us for our sins. So really, we all benefit from from this blessing here. Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. So this restore us, O God, can also be translated return to us, O God, of our salvation. Come back, be near to us again. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you be forever estranged from us? Will you not revive us again? Now, mercy, salvation, and joy come with spiritual revival. How we need this today. You see, revival is for the church. You can't revive that which never lived. The world is dead in trespasses and sins. Unbelievers must be regenerated, that is, born again. But the church must be revived. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. So he says, I will hear what God speaks. That's very important for all of us to do, to listen to the Lord in his word. He will speak peace. This is what God always does. You'll recall that on the night of the resurrection, Jesus came and appeared before his apostles and said, peace to you. He's always bringing that word of peace. But let them not turn back to folly. That was what the Jews so often did. Throughout the book of Judges, they would turn back to their folly every time God delivered them. But he said, 
The Lord's salvation is near to those who fear him. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and the land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. So mercy and truth meet together. Normally they are at odds, but they have met at the cross. The truth of God's judgment against sin and the mercy of God's love towards sinners meet at the cross. And in the same way, righteousness and peace kiss. Now truth springs out from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. The truth from the earth is when we believe in the gospel and the righteousness looking down from heaven is then imputed to us who have believed. The Lord will give what is good and righteousness goes before him. When Christ came to the earth, his righteousness was going before God and his footsteps are our pathway because Jesus has left us the example that we should follow in his steps. May God help us to tread his path. So Psalm 85 gives us the key to restoration and revival. It comes by humbling ourselves, turning from our sins, and trusting in Jesus Christ. May God revive us so we may rejoice in him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at Psalm 86, where David prays that God will be merciful to him. The proud have risen against him, but God will be gracious and give him strength. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.